Now, one festival that went from zero to hero uh, during our City of Culture year was the Big Malarkey Festival, um, Hull's, well, very well-loved children's literature festival. It was an ideal opportunity to inspire children to pick up a book and read, or perhaps even to have a go at writing itself. I'm joined this morning by the festival's director, because the festival's back again in June this year. We'll give you the dates just a little bit later. But I'm joined this morning by festival director Alan Biancini, and also two local creative writers, poets and creative writers, Joe Hakim and Nora Hansen. They're taking part in the festival, leading a few activities, and we're going to learn a whole lot more about that. Let's put an opening question to each of you. It might be the cheesy question, but I'll try and uh, wrap it so it sounds just that little bit more exciting. Which was the first book that you picked up and couldn't put down? Alan? I think for me, that I remember clearly is, must be The Magician's Nephew, C.S. Lewis, which is the first of the Narnia books. And I absolutely loved it. And I still love it, still read it occasionally. It's got so many things that I think are useful for adult life as well as for when you're a child, um, like the, uh, the ringing of the bell in the, in the, in the world that's coming to an end. There's a, there's a wonderful scene where Polly and Diggory are faced with a bell and there's a warning that if you ring this bell, something bad will happen. But if you don't ring it, then you'll always wonder what it would have been. <laughs> and they have an argument about whether they should or shouldn't ring the bell. And he rings it and something bad happens. Evil enters the world. Uh, and it's a, it's full of moments like that. Um, and it's beautifully written and very, very magical. Nora, the first ever book, your earliest memory of picking up a book and being so excited that you you binged on it, read it cover to cover, just couldn't put it down. I can remember Christmases. We always got a book. Um, I can't particularly remember, but I can remember Christmases reading it in a flash in the morning then going back to it during the day, and I can remember the smell. And it was probably fairy stories. It's a difficult one for me to answer <laughs> because there'd always been books around, you know. Yeah, I can remember actually discovering The Wind in the Willows at 13 and thinking, why the hell didn't I find this before, you know. I yeah. can't actually pinpoint a particular one. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. Joe, you're sitting there looking very pensive, actually. It was The Twits by Roald Dahl. Um, like yourself, Nora, I like, read a lot from an early age, but that stands out as like the in my mind as being the one where I really, really <clears throat> loved it and actually made the effort to read it myself rather than have it read to me. Okay, did that set you on a course then of finishing the whole... Roll doll genre. Pretty much. Um, I was quite a voracious reader when I was little. Um, a, another big one, um, what we did in primary school, which I actually went out and found myself, was Day of the Triffids mm. by John yeah. Windham. I always remember mm. a supply teacher coming in and he did um, an exercise, Blind Man's Buff, and says, imagine being like this permanently. And then he read mm. the opening chapter mm. and it was like, wow, I've yeah. got to go out and find this and that was one of the first books what I went and actively saw and yeah. had to go to the library and find it and read it read the rest of it now, Alan there was a lot of enthusiasm in Malarkey Park last year a lot of excitement was, around yeah. uh, the different visiting authors and yeah. the like tell us about the excitement ahead this year uh, well we've got 
got a lot of lovely authors again this year. So Steve Webb and Chris Mulder coming, Joseph Quaylo, Fiona Lumbers. We've also got a lot of theatre, which I'm excited about because that went down well. So we thought we'd put more in this year. Um, so we've got Rusticus, who are doing a, um, a promenade theatre piece around East Park. Um, it's kind of time travelling, a kind of time lord in East Park who, who's going to take people mm. backwards and forwards to meet characters from the history of East Park. So they'll, you'll meet the designer of East Park and the, a soldier who, soldiers who dug the lake in East Park and so on, and then somebody from the future as well. So that's going to be exciting. And then we've got lots of puppetry, like uh, the Moomins will be there as puppets. We've got Roald Dahl show. Um, we've got a lovely Jack and the Beans talk. Um, so there's there's a lot of, of that kind of thing. There, but then and we've also got stuff for very young children. We've got a lullaby swap, which I'm very pleased about as well. I think lullabies are so crucial to, to children's sort of sense of well-being and 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 comfort and enjoyment and kind of you know bonding with their whoever it is that's singing to them it's a wonderful thing um so we've got a gabriel all who's a local singing leader and has been collecting hull lullabies for the past 12 months so she's kind of come and share mm. some hull lullabies with people so real old mixture actually um and some a program for 13 16s on our double-decker bus called the Blunder Bus, which is all kitted out like a, a venue um, with, a, with a piano downstairs and seating and stuff. And Joe's going to be, you're going to be running some workshops on there as well, aren't you? Some poetry workshops. Well, tell us more about that, Joe. Are you going to be getting the kids up there doing performance poetry or is it all going to be? That's the idea, yeah. it's. Um, I think it's a really good form for young people i think um the poetry slam format i think it's actually better for young people than it is for adults in a lot of ways and um yeah i just think like last year there was that much activity the good thing about things like this is that it it's really giving that indication that things are just stopping and it's going to be ongoing and it's not like hey 2017's over let's all go back to and i think it's really important that things like this are carrying on the momentum because i think a lot of children and young people got introduced to um, creative writing and spoken mm. word last year, and I think it's really important that we keep doing that. So it's yeah, it's just mm. maintaining. Really, can, can any child be an author? Can any child be a writer? I think so. I think um, children are more suited than most adults because they're they're not closed off to possibilities. Mm. I think as you um, get older, I think um, things like inhibitions and what people think of you start creeping in so i think it's um the i think young people tend to have i i learn a lot yeah it was only really last year i started working with children and young people and it's a two-way thing i've learned mm. such a lot working and i think one of the things is that that bravery and that freedom of just saying i'm just gonna write about what i like and what i want to mm. write about and i don't care what anybody thinks and i think that's really important so children's experience of poetry, correct me if I'm wrong, at school there's probably just sort of sitting there reading the great poets of old. You know, I can sort of imagine them in my in my head really wearing sort of blue velvet house coats and that sort of thing, mm. quilted trousers or whatever these poets used to wear. Um, so when you ex when you expose them to this sort of quite punk um, performance poetry, uh, what sort of reactions do you get there? 
Well, they just tend to go for it, really. I think um, people like Holly McNeish and Kate Tempest have really opened the door, and mm. in the sense that it's not doesn't necessarily live and die on the page, and most young people are more comfortable using a smartphone than they are a notebook. And I think one of the things what we've seen over the last few years is that that's a valid way of recording your work and presenting your work. And I think, yeah, it's much more acceptable and easier for a young person to think of think of it in a in a performance way almost because, I, I, like you say, I think sometimes page poetry does have that very white, middle-class, middle-aged bloke thing around it. And I think that can put you off when you're at school. So being exposed to these different approaches and different artists who use it in new and exciting ways, I think it, it changes people's perception. Nora, um, what are you going to be doing at the festival? What's your engagement? Well, um it's meeting young people and their grannies or granddads or older relatives and asking them to collaborate or get together or talk to each other and to find out what their grannies or grandparents did when they were young, what they wore, what stories they had to tell, what, what event, what pleased them, what frightened them, and then have them come together and maybe find out things they'd never known before and maybe have their their relatives, their older relatives, open up and tell them things they'd never known before. I found myself, I'm a great-grandma, that this happens for me. You know, somebody will ask a question and then I'll start to tell them about what it was like and they say, I never knew that. You'd never told me that before, you know. Uh, we were talking about the war not long ago and rationing and... Um, and I was just thinking, no, I haven't, have I? I have not actually told them that. And there was more coming out all the time. So out of that to eventually, hopefully, during the afternoon, get them to then start writing it down. Or maybe just a word or two words or three words, you know, a little bit sort of quick, quick, quick in. And this is what happened, you know, and maybe illustrate it as well. So, yeah, so it's creating little, almost little, little poems or little stories. That's but, right. But out of conversations, really, mm, that mm. between a, a, a child and their yeah. their older relative. Yeah. Um, yeah. That could be quite edgy, quite daring, couldn't it? There could be sort of family secrets revealed that have been kept quiet for many years. Well, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what will happen? Maybe. Yeah. Gosh, daring. <laughs> Just the ordinary, ordinariness of life, you know. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to start with a poem uh, of my own. She showed me her dreams, and it's about my granny. So that's going way, way back, you know, because I'm 80. And my granny, and she lived in Hull, and she there was always coal fires and the side oven, you know. And... Uh, Poking the fire. My dad was a blacksmith and he used to make porkers and they'd be like barley sugar sticks, you know. And we used to love poking the, the coals and then sitting and looking into the flames. And there's a story in the flame. You can imagine all sorts of things. So telling my story of being with my granny can also probably evoke memories 
with the youngsters' grannies about being with their granny. You can go back yeah. a long way yeah. and you can learn a lot, actually, within that. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's because I, I first heard Nora's, that poem at uh, a Women of Words session um, in uh, Cardoma. I don't know, I can't remember what it was. It must have been January or Christmas mm. or something. And, and it, it struck me so powerfully, that poem. And I, I think, you know, the, the older generation have so much to, to teach and so much to, to, to say. Um, so I thought, you know, for Nora to come to the festival would be a wonderful way in for, for people to then share experiences and go back in time as well as, you know, we we're always mm. thinking about the future, but sometimes it's really good to go back and, and look, as you say, look at the ordinary. I mean, that's a very ordinary thing, sitting by the fire and, your grandmother looking into, looking into the fire and saying, yeah. "What do you see? What do you see?" And it's it's, it's magical, I think. Mm. So, so I want to ca- capture some of that those sort of moments. Really, um, it's an invitation for for ch- for children and, mm. and older ones. Let's kind of put put the spotlight on that mm. for them to get together and it's an share, share stories. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because my gran is was entirely responsible for my love of reading and writing. Was she? Yeah. yeah, she was um, Grandma Topsy. God rest her. Oh, um, <laughs> she joined me at the library when I was three, and it was um, it was a big part of spending time with her that we go to the library and pick out books. And I think, well, I don't think I know I wouldn't be doing this sort of thing if it wasn't for my Grandma Topsy getting me mm. just really instilling this love of words and writing. It was a it was a big. She took a lot of pride, and she always said that um, your your path through life is um, you need to have a grasp of language and reading and writing. Really? It was important. Yeah. So, from a very very early age, it was instilled in me, and it, it's something what stayed with me all through life. So that's very interesting. That I don't think mm. grandmothers are the yeah. unsung, and it's yeah. surprising how many people. Because yeah. of relationships like that, do get into reading and writing. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a crucial thing, yeah. actually. Did you I actually love your, the name of your grandma, Grandma Topsy? Topsy. Yeah. Well, when have she you, was born, she have was. Have you um, written about her? I've only just started. Actually, mm-hmm. I've um, I'm at university and I just started writing. But it, it, yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, of looking for the mm. right time and. Mm. And it's funny. I've been thinking about her a lot lately. She was called Topsy because when she um when she was. Born, she had like a just like a single curl on the top of her head. <laughs> so all the nurse is called a topsy, and it just stuck with just her stuck. the rest of her life. Yeah, mm. reminds me of that nursery rhyme. There was a little girl, and she had a little curl yeah. right in the middle of her forehead. When she was good, she was very, very good. But when she was bad, she was horrid. They used to say that about me. Yeah, they used to say about her as well. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. No, I can't believe that. No. So Ellen, um, particularly for the school days um, of the festival. Festival. Mm. Um, each day has a different theme. Mm. Tell me something more about the themes that are going to be drawn out over the course of the well, week. Well, the themes are really only for the school days. We've got two days of school activities, and one is um, <clears throat> for the key stage three um, is journeys, uh, which is very obviously very open ended um, theme. It could be an internal journey, it could be a kind of a, a real journey, and we've got. Um, the schools will come and they'll have a, a talk by an author called Ross Montgomery, who's quite a young, young writer, youngish writer, um, written a book called Perigee and Me, which is about a, a bit of a sort of E.T. story about a, a girl on a 
very remote island who finds an alien in her in the dad's shed and the alien starts to grow and she has to kind of take it so that it's, it'll be somewhere safe um so that's her journey but then all the classes will split up and go to separate workshops in different kind of media and joe's doing a hero's journey workshop aren't you for that indeed. yeah and that's looking at um sort of archetypes isn't it yeah, yeah mythical structure what underpins yeah the, a large amount of of stories really it's um it's yeah dealing with archetypes um joseph campbell wrote a book called the hero of a thousand faces which ended up becoming a bit of a script bible in the 70s in um and things like things like star wars and harry potter and all those things what kids love they all tend to have these same basic structures which um goes back to Homer's Odyssey, goes back to things like the Bible even, do you know, it 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 just seems to be something what's um fundamentally part of us as humans and it's just mm. a an introduction to that really. Yeah. So that would be great. There's a sort of pilgrimage yeah. theme in there. Yeah. It, it's um I mean it, it most stories in um can be boiled down to these elements where there is a journey mm. where someone is um you basically get someone who's receives a call to adventure and goes on it and it, it's it's really strange once you start to look at it because mm. you start to see it everywhere in all media it's um i became aware of it a few years ago and it, it's a really good way to start world building i think Do you know i think lots of People have the enthusiasm, they want to create these big, I've noticed with the kids who are with, they want to create these big epic superhero stories. And so to be able to just say there's actually a, a structure, what you can use, which will help you condense all these massive ideas into into something you can work with. It's fascinating. Like Frodo. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so that would be great. And there, there, there's another, there's a poet called Mandy Coe, she's coming and she's going to bring different props to prompt poetry making like a, a whalebone or the, a dungeon key or a, a lost soldier you know a piece of a, a piece of clothing so she's going to st- use these to stimulate poetry and then on the friday we have um the theme is fur feather scale and skin and it's all about animals we're starting with an illustrator, um, author illustrator, Jarvis, who does really beautiful yeah. picture books and stories, but very, very animal based. So he's going to do the author talk and then everybody will go to their workshops. We've got Northern Ballet coming. We've got the Egg Theatre, Theatre Royal Bath are bringing a, a theatre show for the Thursday called, uh, One Item Only, which is a fantastic suitcase show about, uh, the journey of a, of a young girl doesn't say why she's leaving her village, but she is, and it's just—it's very clever. They just use a desk, a school desk, and a, and a flip chart, and they she creates this amazing, sort of epic poem, well, not a poem, but poetic um, story, um, very intimate storytelling. So yeah, I mean, the the whole idea is to kind of introduce young people to different approaches to. Creating stories, telling stories, listening to stories, experiencing stories. So Northern Ballet are going to be doing a piece um, that well, they're, they're coming for three days, and they're, for the Key Stage three day, they're doing exploring 
a book by Elizabeth Laird called Welcome to Nowhere, which is all about Syria. But they're exploring moments of the book through movement. So I think for, you know, you hope for, for the young people who come, they'll, it'll be exciting and interesting and kind of coming at, mm. at the experience from all sorts of different angles, really. And that'll hopefully be inspirational. Something I found exciting last year, being able to photograph <laughs> um, every part of the event. But one of the most exciting things was just walking into East Park and then seeing another park another little sort of creative kingdom within mm. the park. So to what extent is sort of setting important? And, oh, uh, I think it what's, is. What's on offer the, at the, this time? Uh, well, it'll be pretty much as last year. We've got a few more tents, so and we've got some quite colourful Indian tents, um, but it'll be usual kind of festival feel of straw bales and flags and tents and people wandering around. So we've got the Herd Theatre Company. They, they were brilliant last year. They came and... Did lots of interaction with children, played games sort of in between, in between sessions. Yeah, and lots of things to discover. I, th I think it'll be the same kind of colourful, very informal vibe as last year. And yeah, I've got, got uh, ice cream and pizza, <laughs> <laughs> all those essentials. I love going the, to, sorry. sorry, go ahead, Nora. No, I just love the idea of dance, using dance, you know. Yeah. Um, it's so much part. I mean, children should yeah. be able to get up and move, you know, yeah, yeah. and express it like yeah. that. And maybe when when I'm doing this, maybe we can encourage that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With well, not I've, just with the children, but the grannies yes. as well. Well, yes. Yeah. I remember my mum showing me was it Black Bottom? You know the. Tw oh yes. The, the kind of yeah jazz step. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, well, I think children, you know, it's, they, they express themselves through movement naturally. It's they a kind do. of a very yeah. innate That's kind right. of impulse, isn't it? Yeah. And then, you know, like with language, it kind of gets, we get closed off and mm. shut down and more mm. self-conscious. Mm. Um, but we had uh, we had 10-foot dance came last year from local company from Hull, and they did some movement workshop, and it was wonderful. Mm. It was really wonderful. And so, just so enjoyable for children, mm. so fun. Mm. You know, I, I mean, fun is at the bottom of this. Really, You've got to have fun. But what a springboard <laughs> to creativity! Yeah, yeah. To move from yeah. that. But no, I was interested in what you were saying about how for teenagers, po poetry is sort of particularly important for for, for teenagers. And I, I just wonder why. Why? Why do you think that is? It's quite interesting to speculate, really. Because I think um, when you when you're a teenager, you you're at war with the world a lot of the time and you want to put your stamp on the world. And I think especially now, I think teenagers have things to say about the world. And I think yeah. it's one of the most direct ways of doing it that you don't need to know how to play an instrument or because of the, I mean, yeah. th things get channeled. It's like you, when you're a teenager, you form bands or you get into acting or whatever. And I think one of the great things about spoken word is that it's cheap. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very direct yeah. way of actually just saying, yeah. this is who I am and this is how yeah. I feel about things. And I think especially now, I think there's a lot of um, pressures on teenagers and I think the world's a bit of a, a bit of a confusing place at the moment and the need this outlet to challenge and i think they absolutely should be challenging authority and uh, assumptions and yeah. i think um 
spoken word and creative right i think it's a really powerful tool for enabling that and i think it's um yeah i think we need it yeah at the moment yeah. and and one of the things also is that when the teenagers are doing it they don't stand still do they they're dancing no they're moving around all the time stomping even, yeah you know yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the great things about it is that I think it crosses over into different areas and you can experiment with it. You can have someone reading something while there is someone dancing or you could collaborate with a musician or there's no real rules about how you do it. And I think that can be quite freeing Yeah, because I think otherwise you get, I think as you, as you, as you start to work out who you think you are or what you think you are as a creative person you start to narrow a little bit and i think what you see with teenagers is they're much more willing to experiment with technology and forms and it's that thing of like let let's let's combine it with something let's do something interesting with it and we're starting to see that and it's um that's the great thing about um things like the big malarkey is that it's those moments when someone sees something or hears something what they've not experienced before and it clicks with them and it completely changes. It's that I can do that. Not that they need permission to do it, but it's just that this is this is me, this is what mm. I'm about. It's like when you hear you it's like hearing a song or reading a poem for the mm. first time and you mm. connect with mm. the person who's created it and it shows you a way of living your life, really mm. and yeah, it's, I'm all for it. Mm. Ellen, there must have been loads of moments like that last year when children got switched on to literature and actually writing and being creative yeah. and producing producing yeah. things. So, well, well, I think one of the things that struck me particularly was we had um, Annabelle Pitcher came um, and ran a writing workshop and it turned out to be, and it, we, we, didn't, we thought this was just going to be for, for young people, but inevitably you know quite rightly adults came to parents or carers or you know they all came together and it, and it turned into a, a kind of family writing workshop and that people really enjoyed it they you know it went on 45 minutes and people didn't want to leave they were just having mm. such a good time and I, that i I'd, I'd never i wouldn't have expected that to happen but they just enjoyed that process of sitting down and thinking stuff up writing it down sharing it Writing, more, writing it down a bit more, and um, that so that was hugely enjoyable. So we've got more moments like that uh, this year, and then I got a um, a really really long story from a, a girl uh, after the event, all about the big malarkey. It went on for pages and pages and pages. So that was really nice. So something had obviously mm-hmm. been switched on there, and then I think there were moments like we had a great time when Julian Julian Clary and David Roberts came, and they talked about their this their book the bowls which is a, it is a, a really funny read um a family of hyenas but nobody knows they're hyenas they just think they're very hairy and loud people um and they did they did a really nice author talk and uh and then they played they played a game with the audience they did kind of head body and legs you know the the the, the drawing game and people just love that. They really love that. And 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 also, I, and it's it struck me also how powerful it is, as you were saying, Joe, for children to meet an author and to get a book signed by them, and you know, realise this is this is what you know, this is what people do for a living. It's not just a book that your teacher hands to you and say, right, turn to page ten. This is somebody who's sat down and 
and created it and they're you know they're living breathing exciting people uh, for for me that was that was also very inspiring and and you know made me think right the got to do this again you know but yeah i think it is about putting putting creative people and artists and from all all media in front of kids and and watching the the interaction really you don't need to do much more if you have the right people and not everything in separate compartments no it, all it, mixed up flowing. yeah 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 and I, and i think you know also it, it's a obviously it's a kind of window into li- the library as well mm. the, the library we had a lot of discussion about whether we should have a library desk this year because we had a library desk last year and we decided this year no actually the whole thing is the library the whole site mm. represents the library and what you can find in a library which is absolutely mm. a- which is much more accurate really because mm. you can find everything in a library you can find digital stuff you can find music you can find theater you can find talks you can find workshops and so on and so mm. forth so so that's another kind of aspect that we want to put across to people i love the humor last year and I, um, I remember getting into wages with gav on the technical desk right uh about um how long into each talk toilet humor would right. raise yes. its ugly head and yes toilet humor seemed to be you know uh, a, a it can be a thread. Can, can be a bit of a staple of children's authors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're obsessed with it as British people, aren't we? We are. We are. We are. Yeah. I suppose we'd better tell people um, how they can find out information about the Malarkey Festival. Um, so your website, I've got it written up there on my Bright Ideas board. Oh right, <laughs> look yeah. at that. Yeah. yeah. So the website is thebigmalarkeyfestival.com. Dot com. Yeah. And the dates are 20th to the 24th of June. The family weekend is the 23rd and 24th of June. But, yeah, you can get tickets from via the bigmalarkeyfestival.com website. Is the park open in the evenings as it was last year? No, it's not. We didn't, we're not doing that this year. Um, it's just going to be whole, all the energy is going to go into the family weekend. Yeah, yeah. So we have the school's days and then the park will close, but it'll open for Saturday 9.45 for a 10 o'clock start. Fantastic. Saturday 23rd. And is it free entry or is there a little No, there are the tickets. Uh, it, we managed it free last year. This year we're charging um, £5 for adults and two fifty for children. But that gets you in for the whole day. You can bring a picnic. There's a picnic area. Um so everything, once you get on site, everything is free, free of charge. And of course, it's rammed with activities for all ages, yes, all abilities is. too. It is, yes. Yeah, Fantastic. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. It's been great to chat with you this morning. What are you looking forward to most? Let's ask each of you around the table. What are you looking forward to most this year at the Big Malarkey? Joe, Just being there, really. I think just... Um, Wandering around the madness and soaking it all up, really, and just being involved with it. Nora? Well, I think in my head I've got this picture of, the, you know, coming out of... Am I in a marquee? You are, yes. Yeah, you are. Royalty. Absolutely. Coming out. With, a, then, with a floor and a carpet and everything. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and then having to just walk around. You know, I've, um, I'm pretty sure my granddaughter Lottie will come along. I think she took Good. part in it last year. Right. She's a dancer. And uh, just, you know... Some of my family might be around and yeah, some great-grandchildren could come as well, could make a day. Yeah. Well, that's what we hope. Mm. It's a real family 
it's a family day out, you know. Mm-hmm. And the feedback we got last year was also very much this is a lovely family day out. It's fantastic value. It's not it's very relaxed. It's you know, there is something for for everyone. That's the that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Lots of grand grandchildren, great grandchildren, bring them all. And the weather's going to be great we yes. know, for that weekend. Yes, it's so all, all planned. Yeah. Do come join us in the park, <laughs> uh, the Big Malarkey Festival, uh, open to the public on the 23rd and 24th of June, that Saturday and Sunday, uh, that last full weekend of June. We look forward to welcoming you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.